0: hey everyone my name is martel Mann, and this is the corporate itch podcast where we have authentic conversations about the black experience in corporate america and provide a framework to help you advance in your career and climb the corporate ladder stay tuned On today's episode, we'll talk with Christopher Arsenal. He's a manager of customer success at LinkedIn. He'll talk a little more about what he does on a day-to-day basis. He'll also talk about being an entrepreneur. He'll talk about being his authentic self. And he'll share some tips about updating your LinkedIn profile. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into the conversation with today's guests. Uh, We have Chris Arsenal on the show today. Hey, Chris, how you doing?
1: What's going on, Marteo? How you feeling, bro? I'm
0: good, bro. I'm good, man. Um, I like to have the guests introduce themselves and tell the listeners a little bit about themselves. Can you tell us where you're from, um, what you do for a living and anything else that you want to share with the listeners today?
1: yeah for sure um so chris arsenal i'm uh born and raised in chicago uh obviously tail you and i had the the lovely pleasure of going to siue yes sir uh, the harvard of the midwest (laughs) um so yeah man i work currently at linkedin as a manager of customer success Uh, i also am a property owner i own two multi-units in the south side of chicago um alongside that i'm the owner of my own hot sauce company called uncle Pizzas, and i'm also the global co-chair of linkedin's black inclusion group which is our employee resource group uh specifically designed for black employees
0: oh wow yeah i like that bro uh, man, a man of many hats man I, I see you doing a lot of big things out here and uh I want to get into a lot of those things that you just touched on uh there. But first I want to talk about I know you said you're, you know, a customer I think you said a customer relationship manager at LinkedIn, right?
1: No, and, uh, I'm a manager of customer success. So oh I yeah, manager okay, team so, of customer success managers.
0: Okay, manager of customer success at LinkedIn. Can you uh tell us a little more about like what your everyday looks like and what you do in that role for LinkedIn?
1: yeah so essentially what my role is is i oversee a team of customer success managers um, and their job is essentially to ensure that customers are seeing value with the products that they're purchasing or the solutions that they're purchasing from linkedin so my job is to coach to develop to inspire to lead a team of customer success managers through their challenges like daily but also to ensure that they're getting to their next play and helping to develop them as best as possible. Wow. Dope, man. That's, that's incredible.
0: Um, it sounds like a, a great, uh, career, great job at, at LinkedIn, man. That's a, uh, that's amazing. Um, uh, how did you land at LinkedIn? Like how did you even, and also how did you even get into this field of work?
1: Yeah, man. You know, what's funny is, um, When we were at SIUE, I always knew I wanted to be in tech. You know, it was always like that dream job to say I want to be in a Facebook or a Google. And, you know, imposter syndrome would kick in. I always feel like I'm not capable. I'm not able. Like, why me? Uh, I wouldn't even be able to be occupying a seat at one of these type of companies. Um, But the way I actually got into LinkedIn was I was working at another company, uh, England Carbon Area, and I recently just got laid off. And after I got laid off, you know, I spent a few months just trying to get back into the swing of things, and really try to figure out like what I wanted to do next. And I started doing some informational interviews, starting going to meet up with um, staffing agencies. Really, I was like trying to figure out what's the low hanging fruit, how can I work smarter and not harder. So I thought staffing agencies were like the best route. Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up getting a call from a recruiter one day. And I kid you not, like, got a call from this guy. His name was Manny uh, from a company Swoon staff and, in Chicago. He's like, hey, Chris, you know, I found your resume. And, you know, how would you feel about an opportunity at LinkedIn? So I'm thinking this is like BS, in all honesty. I'm thinking <laughs> it's not real. So it's like so LinkedIn? Be like D linkedin You can't be serious. <laughs> um, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm entertaining it. And then he said, well, how would you feel about this as a starting salary potentially? And he told me the amount. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, let's have these conversations. Sure. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we did our informational interview, told him a little bit about my background. That led to, you know, going through the four rounds of interviews total within LinkedIn. And yeah, man, I ended up getting a job as an implementation consultant, as a contractor um for the company and last little thing to add to that i remember i had gone through this dry spell of looking for jobs getting some denials and feeling like i wasn't being hit up and at the same time i got the job offer from linkedin as a contractor i got the full-time job offer from cintas um oh, wow. to be a full-time employee and i remember calling my <laughs> the owner the ceo of the company that laid me off his name was doug and i said you know him and i had a really good relationship i said yo doug like i got these two job offers and i would love to know your thoughts on like what i should do and he was like man you got nothing to lose take a leap of faith even though it's a contractor role go
0: with
1: it wow so were you
0: leaning were you leaning more towards the linkedin job you know, in I, your in your heart or like
1: in your nah man, I was leaning towards centaurs, man. I ain't, gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Wow. It was a full-time job. I didn't you know, contract work scares people. Uh, so I ended up leaning towards the uh CentOS as a full-time wow. career. And after that conversation with Doug, um I ended up selecting LinkedIn. Wow.
0: What what made you trust Doug? So much to you know value his input and and go in that direction of you know going with the contracting job instead of the or the contractor job instead of the you know the full time permanent role at CentOS.
1: I mean, it's funny because he had just laid me off like three months prior, <laughs> right? <But, laughs> you know I'm mean? um, saying I always had a good relationship with Doug. I felt like we connected, and I feel like the best person to talk to sometimes is an entrepreneur. Because mm. someone who was taking the risks, someone who's assessed the risks, and I just thought he would be a good person to lean on. He owns a company. He is trying to inspire people to come work for his company. Like if it was him in this situation, what would he do? And wow. I, I thought that was a really good person to lean on uh, to get some insight from.
0: Wow, that's that's incredible. That's why I, you know I hear this sometimes that people say that it's good to have like the right people in your corner. Like sometimes people call them like a, a board of directors, like a, you know, a a group of friends or family that you can call on and reach out to to ask about like important life decisions. And it sounds like, I mean, Doug was able to lead you in the right direction because it sounds like you've been able to grow at LinkedIn and and you know, have a successful career there at LinkedIn. So that's that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, literally the best decision I've I've made for sure for sure.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty dope, man. That's a a great story. A great, I think, comeback story, especially going from laid off. Um, because, I you know, I know I've talked to people before that's been laid off. I've never been laid off before, but I've been in a situation where I completely, you know, hated or disliked my job. And I'm just trying to find a way out and I'm getting rejection after rejection. And it was, like, great to hear that you, you know... Unfortunately you had to go through that, but at the end you saw you know a light at the end of the tunnel that that led to a better opportunity because you stayed persistent and and you um you know took the opportunities that were in front of you. So that's that's pretty dope, man.
1: Yeah, man. Honestly too, I was I was okay with getting let let go. Like I remember I had a meeting with, with with Doug on Friday. He was like, Hey, can we reschedule for Saturday? I thought that was weird, but I was like, okay and I, I i kid you not as soon as he told me you know unfortunately we're gonna have to have some changes and such and such i'm gonna let you go i hung up the phone i jumped right back in the bed and i didn't think twice about it <laughs> uh was it Why? why is that why, like
0: was it just your mindset you just thought that you know i'm going to have another opportunity out there because i'm that just that kind of person i'm i know wh- who i am or what was it
1: no nah, man i just it was a relief it was a was like, oh, okay. The burden would just kind of fell off my back, and it wasn't like the company was bad. it, I mean, it was a great company, great people. Um, I just felt stagnant. I didn't see myself growing. Mm, wow. Um, I already was reporting to the CEO of the company. I mean, and they were a multi-million dollar business, easy, like easy ten to twenty million company, you know. And I was reporting to the CEO. So after he you know, let me go. I was just relieved. And I'm not going to lie to you, like the first two weeks everything was, you know, hunky dory. Everything was good. But then after reality set in, I'm like, damn, I need another job. And (laughs) I've never had to go find a job. You know, my job at SIUE was just kind of like, hey, Chris, you graduated on Saturday. You're working on Monday. This job This next job that I got was as a result of uh, the daughter of the CEO coming into SIUE to fill out uh, an admissions application and putting me in touch with her dad. And I came in, had an interview, got the job. Like it wasn't like searching. So, yeah, man, I had to flex this muscle of looking for a job and I was not having luck. So it started to set in. And panic started to hit me after around two months of not having a job. And then, like I said, LinkedIn just kind of fell in my lap.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's that's incredible. I'm glad you were able to find that opportunity. I mean, the uh, part of that surprises me because, you know, I've known you for a while, like a long time, Chris. Like you said, we you know, we went to school together. We came in freshman year at SIUE together. So what, 13, 14 years now we've known each other. And I know you always, like, you always been a personal, uh, person, like personable person. Like you, you know, a lot of people seem like you got a like vast network. Um, so I'm surprised that there was like a struggle, uh, you know, in between, um, like look, uh, getting hired at LinkedIn, were you able to use like your network at that time to like help you land that, like to help land interviews and things like that. Or was it, I guess, difficult to tap into the network, to your network at that time?
1: Um, I'm sure I could have used my network. I don't think I was using my network as effectively as I would have now, like, looking
0: back. Oh, okay.
1: Um, I was, you know, I've never asked the question of what people did for a living or do for a living. So I didn't know, like, certain people might have been in recruiting. Some people were in HR. Some people were in, you know, hiring managers or decision makers. that so I could have leaned on to ask questions to um, A and B to even ask for jobs. Mm. So... I just didn't do it. The person that was helping me was my my mom. Like she's in HR. Oh, okay. And that's right. Yeah. She didn't even, I mean, she helped me a lot, but some of the stuff was really about me nailing the interview. It was about me showing up. Like it doesn't matter how many interviews people get me. If I don't show up, it's irrelevant.
0: Mm, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a, a very good point. I mean, I, I know you touched on this a little bit. Or uh, I got a couple of like questions from that. How do you use your network more effectively now? Now that you know, I I think I heard you say that you would use it differently now. Like how would it be different now?
1: Uh one, I would just, you know, I think you it's important to ask questions, right? Like get to know the people that you're connected to. Um, knowing that, like, for instance, like Martel, you're in the financial segment or knowing that You know, I have a few people in the financial industry who are people I can lean on, whether that's asking questions to or et cetera. People often forget, like, not only do my first degree connections and using LinkedIn terminology, are they, not only are they my first degree connections, but they know people and those people know people. And I feel like I would lean more heavily on connecting with people and understanding more of what they do or even being less um, hesitant of asking for what I'm looking for. Like, hey, do you have anybody in this space who could help me, you know, achieve these three goals or achieve this one thing. Mm, Um, And being very intentional with those asks. So I think for me, it's just more so about spending time interviewing or getting to know my connections or just like digging a little bit deeper. Sometimes we just look at the surface level of, oh yeah, I just know this person got a job. They make good money. Yeah, but what do they do? Uh, Right, okay. You know, who are the people they are around? All of that plays a, a significant factor, man. And, you know, that whole I think it's six degrees and seven degrees of separation. Um, everyone in the world is connected by six or seven degrees. So it's just a matter of tapping into your network. Right. Because, uh, man, I
0: hear all the time it's not always, you know, about what you know, but
1: who you know. So like but, you, you know, said, that's like a level it, to that too, bro. And I feel what, like what's the level? Uh, it's, something I, it's something I came up with. But I think it's another level beyond it's not what you know, it's not who you know, but it's also who appreciates you.
0: Right. Wow. Wow. Because
1: just because I know you doesn't mean you'll help me, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's wow, that's a good one. Yeah. And because you appreciate me, because you, you know, respect me, that's what takes it to the next level of saying, I'm willing to put my name on the line for you. I'm willing to serve as a sponsor for you or a mentor for you or a board of a director for you, whatever the case may be uh, yeah. like who who respects you and who appreciates you is really what's the determining factor of how you can start tapping into other people's networks
0: and that is so true, yeah, that's wow yeah i mean thats I never heard it in that way before, and that and when you said that 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 Rain, so true for me, because you're, you're right, it's, I can know anybody. Like, for example, I have a lot of LinkedIn connections and I know, I mean, I have people that I met once or twice before that are LinkedIn connections or Facebook friends or whatever. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they will go to bat for me. Uh, but, but sometimes those people will and they will reach out to me and those people that I may have known for a lot longer for years may not. So, but like you said, it's that difference between, you know, who appreciates you. Uh, who's willing to help you and who's willing to, you know, put their foot forward for you and, you know, make sure that
1: you're successful. Um, so that's I mean, that's that's great. Yeah, man, I've learned that so much over the last year. Like I've tapped into my authenticity. I've, tra- I've tapped into my 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 vulnerability. And I feel like that's that sense of leading with authentic- authenticity, authenticity, ingenuity has opened so many doors for me and like giving the people a space to appreciate me more in a different light. And I think that's opened uh, up my network tremendously. Um, so many great fruits have come from that. So I've been really leaning into that a lot this past year.
0: How have you done that? Is that just more so getting to know yourself better and, and being comfortable being you or, you know, what, what does that look like?
1: Man, I'm not going to stunt you. I think LinkedIn is really a place that embraces, you know, people's individuality in a sense.
0: Mm, and I'm not okay.
1: saying it's not work to be done or people, you know, the company doesn't have work to do, but I'm really content with being my true, open, and authentic self at my place of employment. And I think that starts with good leadership. You know, the person that was my manager when I started at LinkedIn was someone who I felt like I could talk to about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, someone who I can share with. You know, a lot of times we have PTSD in terms of like coming to work and being your authentic self. Oh, yeah. I'm it, really easy for me to just be me. Like, and once I got that sense of trust and openness from her. It's like, all right, well, let me share that with other people. Here's some of the things I'm working on. Here's what I'm mm. also doing. But I'm also yeah. crushing my job. So now that there's that. So it didn't it wasn't an issue of someone vouching for me or or going to bat for me because Chris was getting stuff done. And yeah, man, I just started to open up my network more as a result of that one interaction, that one relationship that has yielded some amazing dividends from it. So
0: that's that's incredible and I, I love the fact that LinkedIn embraces that individuality uh, because I know from a personal standpoint, I've talked to other especially black people that work in corporate America that struggle with being their true authentic self in the especially in the workplace. you know it's so hard. I mean I know myself sometimes I feel like I have to wear a mask because I mean oftentimes I'm just the only black person there. And and mm-hmm. really, even the only black young person, like the, one of the youngest people, too, out of my group. So it's just right. sometimes I feel like the need that I, I feel like I can't be myself. I can't be my true I think this self. especially when there's, you know, certain things happening in the world. Or if I just want to just be who I like who I naturally am, like who I am at home. You know, I feel like I got to be this person that I was told that older people have told me to be and, led, and said, oh, you got to dress this way. You got to talk this way. And that's really cool that you could be your authentic self and, and that it's also cool that it led to you being more successful in who you are. And like you said, launching these different kind of businesses and and you know and getting to a place where you're comfortable and where you're successful is I mean that's that's even a bigger plus.
1: So yeah, man, the tech industry is just a good industry, like that has embraced that sense of um I don't I feel like i'm gonna say the linkedin verbiage of it but like compassionate leadership um and you know tech companies are really creating a space for people to show up to work and be themselves and like i said it's still a lot of work to be done but like at linkedin man i gotta tell you people like live and breathe the the vision like the culture and the values and when you have people being open and honest about their family, about their um, their personal lives, just about everything. It just kind of mm, makes it wow. easier to to start opening up yourself. Now, us as Black people, it's really, really hard for us to do that. Um, and it took some time to for me to get to that space. But, <laughs> you know, it's a risk worth taking. And it, like I said, it, it yielded some great results.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about uh, like you mentioned that it's really hard for Black people to open up, especially in at you know in the workplace. And um, I think that's the part that always takes me a while to, especially when I start at a new employer. Like I, like I mean, like you guys know that I'm a triplet, but my workplace might not find out I'm a triplet until you know two years down the road, and they're like, "What? You a triplet?" Like, and I'm like, and that's just a small thing in my life. Like I, I mean, I'm not even talking about like the you know other things that like. You know that I that I enjoy or that my beliefs are, whatever it may be, like I have a hard time doing that, and it takes me a while to op- get out of my shell. But I'm happy that it's places like LinkedIn that provide that you know comforting that comfortable environment or that you know that environment for you all to feel to be yourselves and to you know because I, I feel like when somebody can be themselves at work and you know be who they naturally are, I feel like they don't have to work to keep this facade up that they can just. Be themselves and and do and work at what they need to do and be their best selves. So
1: yeah, man, it's definitely a fact, man. I think um, I said us as black people, we have corporate PTSD. Oh yeah. Um, it takes a while to to loosen up and be like, oh, this is a place where I can kind of I can be me. Um, and like I said, there there are situations where that may not be the case, but like I said, for me within LinkedIn, I I found that for sure. And um, I think it's bled into other areas of my life, whether that's for real estate, whether that's for Uncle Pizza's, whether that's for just relationships. Um, Overall, it's just, it's created a a good space for me.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I'm going to get into that real estate Uncle Pizza's on the next, on the very next, on the next question after this one, but I had one follow-up question about the um, corporate P- PTSD that you mentioned. Like, can you touch a little more on that as far as, far as you know, how, I'm assuming, uh, I'm just thinking that maybe you had a personal experience where you had, like, some a bad experience in corporate America or did you, are like, what, what you think creates that corporate PTSD for either, whether it's from a personal standpoint or just from a, you know black for black people in general
1: um well i think the 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 tie-in is like going from industry to industry right so in a tech space it's very more much more so open and like you martel like when you was at um what were you at scott trade or somewhere else yeah 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 you at scott trade were you comfortable like you said, you weren't comfortable saying, "Hey, I'm a triplet," right? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah.
1: Or you weren't comfortable saying that, "Hey, I got to take off today because of maybe something personal for you." Like you were just less inclined to do so. I'm assuming, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Because like what I always was taught that we got to work twice as hard as for half. as um, much. or you know, for, yeah, for half as much, right? Like we got to work twice as hard for half as much can't take time off. We got to do this. I I really don't take time off now. I I try to now I'm, I'm getting better at it, but it was just so, so much ingrained into me that I just felt like I couldn't, you know, take time off or that I had to talk a certain way. You know, I couldn't let people Mm. know, like, it's like people make jokes about playing, like, like hood hood music on the way to work, like in the parking lot, like you turn it down or like when you uh, get to work kind of thing, like you, You can't be your true, authentic self, or at least that's what I was told. Now I'm being like, I'm trying to be more open to it. I'm hearing your story and other people's stories about being more comfortable, especially at these like more uh, progressive tech companies. Right. So that's making me more comfortable with the idea. But I see what you mean about, you know, having that level of corporate PTSD.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's the PTSD right there. Right. Right. Exactly what you just said. Feeling like you can't be you feeling like you come into an organization and you have to code switch. You have to be this other persona. You have to um, look over your shoulder because people are always out to get you. Um, You know, like all of those different things, you come into a new company and you're typically like got all this burden on your back as a Black person in the workplace. and. Like I said, sometimes it just takes the right company, the right leader, the right space for you to open up more. And once again, recognizing the fact that every opportunity may not be the opportunity for you. So I'm going to be authentically me and they can take that or leave it. If it didn't work mm. out, it wasn't meant for me. <laughs> and if it does, I mean, that's that's what's up. Let's keep it pushing.
0: Yeah. That's, like you said, take it or leave it, man. That's a. Uh... That's dope. I like how you uh, stay true to yourself and true to who you are. Um, and that's that's incredible. And so so uh, thank you for sharing that. So, I mean, what I wanted to get into now is um, about, you had brought up, you know, being in this corporate space and working in this corporate space and, and being a leader and being successful there. But on, the, on also, you have these businesses that, you know, that are successful. You own real estate. You have Uncle Pieces. Can you talk a little more about how you got into that um, and how you got into entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah. So entrepreneurship, man, I got into it early, early, early. I say early yeah, in.
0: you. I remember you used to cut hair at uh, SIUE. That's the. I mean, that's how I first heard about you. So I know you've always been an yeah, entrepreneur since you was younger.
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that, bro. And you know what's crazy? I didn't start cutting hair till I got to SIUE. It wasn't even something I was doing. Oh, really? I was just like, yo, I can make five dollars a haircut. Uh you know, let me just go ahead and try something out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, bro, when I was in college, like, it started this dream of like continuously wanting to figure out how can I do a little bit more to get a little bit more. And you know, I started with the haircut. I like think it moved into, you know, once I I became an alpha, I started doing graphic design. Then it turned into well, let me right, start a media right. let me start yeah. a media group. Let me start a, a company where I make designs for people. Was never trained on graphic design. I was like, all right, I'm good at it. Some people like it. You know, I'll find some customers for it. You know, so we yeah. just do it. So this I feel like entrepreneurship has always lived within me to some extent because I'm always looking at what are the top 1% doing, what are the top people in this world doing? Mm. And I've always craved this sense of ownership, you know. Um I feel like I've always acted like an owner to some extent. And wow. when it got to, you know, fast forwarding, you know, I look at property ownership as a sense of a CEO, as a business owner, like I'm only I own these properties, I run these properties, I manage these properties. The success of these properties is dependent upon my success as well. So that was one left leg of it, and I didn't have anyone to teach me real estate. I literally just jumped in and figured out, like, okay, let me figure this out. No one's going to teach wow. me, gonna give me the guidance. You know, I had a few friends, two or three. That had dabbled in some real estate and some properties, and I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it.
0: So I just started <laughs> once
1: again leveraging my network, asking people what I need to do, and just started setting up meetings. Um, and yeah, man, that that worked out. Like I said, I have two properties now: one is in South Shore, one's in Auburn Gresham, and wow, that's dope, man. Working on one next. one. well, long story short, to get to Uncle Pizzas, um, Uncle Pizzas was started very much so on accident and you know my niece lennox called me uncle pizza which is a tie to family and you know it was this bomb sauce i had in portland and i was like you know what i'll i'll buy some when i get back home got home and no one had it mm. and i was like yo, let me just go ahead and make this real quick figure <laughs> it, it out like made it and it's just like i've always had that innate ability that just i want more like I always take on projects. Just that drive. Those, that drive. So I yeah. will, right, well, here's a, a gap. Let me solve it. Let me figure it out. Um, I think sometimes that can create some challenges because you can very much so get caught in the ja- trying to be a jack of all trades. Mm, yeah. As opposed to trying to be a master of one, right? Like, so yeah, man. It's just like Uncle Pete's is just kind of spawning, man. I started bottling it and passing it out. Like it was Mike's secret stuff. On space, <laughs> <From> space <Jam. laughs> didn't have a label on
0: it. I mean, it, it truly is Mike' secret stuff, man. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> schools,
1: it's amazing, man. Love, bro. Yeah, man. So it's just been booming, man. But entrepreneurship has definitely always kind of lived within me, and it's something that you know within a black community. I wish I would see more people. Well, this past year, more people have. I saw stats the other day that was just like there's been a significant increase in the number of black owned businesses. But yeah, man, man, it's just always something I've, I've, I've cared about. It's like having something for myself that I can build and grow. And that whole thing about hustling for your last name instead of your first has always just like rang through to me. Wow.
0: That's incredible. I mean, one question I had, I mean, like you said, that's incredible. I think it's incredible that she got into real estate and the uncle pieces. Hot sauce is amazing. Um, I mean, I, I got, I'm gonna go to link the the uh, website on where to buy it and the show notes and everything like that and shout it out because it's it's incredible and everybody should buy some. A, qu- a question I have for you about those two things because you said you didn't know anything about real estate, really. Um, I know you don't have like a culinary degree or anything like that, like as far as like you know making like uh, food or, or sauces and things like that. Were you ever at one point in time, like point in time? Scared to fail like as at, at these things? Um or what are your thoughts like on that?
1: Man, I'm scared to fail now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm always scared to fail at it, man. It's always that that feeling of you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. What if some what if I buy this property and you know no one rents from me? What if I buy this I like property it. and as soon as I buy it, the roof caves in? How am I gonna fix this? What if I make this sauce and no one buys it? You know, all that stuff happens. Um and you know, we always heard that stuff from uh, you know, bad boy back in the day, you know, talking about more money, more problems. I think it's more yeah. money, different problems, right? So Ooh, Okay. So yeah, now if no one bought the sauce, guess what? I made sauce and no one bought it. But now I'm making money making doing the sauce. And now mm. I'm thinking of, okay, what are the legal things I have to think about? What oh, are the wow. trademark yeah. things I have to think about? What are the distribution and logistical things I have to think about? Right. So failure is still like at the forefront of my mind. But I also don't necessarily- feel it like it's
0: never ending. Like,
1: yeah, It's never ending, bro. No matter what you do, you're always going to have that sense of, well, what if this doesn't work out? I think the, the learning moment is recognizing that it's not failure, it's a learning moment, right? It's, mm. it's you know, all right, if this happens, well, all right, what are the solutions for that? What are the outcomes? Okay, that's the outcome. Okay, I can live with that. Now I got to figure out what's the, the other alternative if something else happens. So, yeah, man, I, I have really bad anxiety when it comes to failure, but at the end of the day, when stuff happens, you just Get up and you you roll with it, man. Bro, yeah. I'm not literally this just happened this past week. I just bought a Tesla three weeks ago. Oh wow, I didn't know, man. Congratulations. Love, wow. bro. So I just bought a Tesla, a model Y, three weeks ago. Took a risk, man. Put it on Toro. First rental on Toro. Guy got in an accident. Wow. And for the first time ever, I was like, damn, I'm not even mad. We're just gonna get this fixed. We're gonna figure it out. I'm not even worried <laughs> about it.
0: You gonna put it back moved. on
1: Toro? On Toro, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like I said, it wasn't a failure for me. It's not keeping me from bringing out on Toro again. It was just like, a, all right, get it fixed, put it back on Toro, see what happens. Like you know, what I'm saying so. Right. All those are opportunities for learning moments, and you know, I'm I'm good with that. That's yes. growth for sure. Because typically, I would have been storming through this house. <laughs> wilding out i don't know but it worked out
0: that's crazy the kind of peace that comes as you like get older and as you like face different kind of experiences and you've seen the different kind of challenges and you like like you said it's not it's more so of you like facing the different challenges and figuring out how to come up with solutions to them i mean the guy got into an accident or the woman got into an accident on toro with your tesla and you say okay we're gonna figure it out and get and get it fixed um
1: and that's, and that's where the yeah. failure piece comes in, right? That's right. how it ties together. Because I could have eas- just as easily been like, I'm a failure at Toro. I'm not going to do this ever again. Wow. Yeah. But instead, it's like, nah, get it fixed. Put it back on Toro." Right. Oh, like got- yeah. Said- Go ahead. No, nah, I was like, oh, the, the roof caved in. Cool. Let's get somebody over there to fix it. Y'all <laughs> so got the money? Nah. All right, we're going to figure this out. Rob Peter to pay Paul. Do this, do that. Like, We're going to figure it out. Right. Um, so yeah, man, I got this sense of like failure. I mean, air quotes are going to happen, but it's, it's really this opportunity to like really enhance your problem solving skills. Right.
0: That's incredible. I mean, it's like you said, like I would have been terrified if I would have tried to create a sauce and, um, and sometimes I'm terrified when I do other things that, you know, that I'm uncomfortable with doing that. I'm not the... You know, I'm know I'm not skilled at at doing this. Or I know I'm not um don't have any experience in doing this, but I do it anyways. Um,
1: How do you feel when you start the podcast?
0: I mean the same thing, man. I'm not, I'm not you know I'm I was telling another guest earlier that you know Katia, I was telling her that you know I'm introverted and you know it's not you know I like I love listening to podcasts and I love talking to people about different things, but sometimes like as an introvert, these kind of things can be draining. And then all, and man, and also I was thinking to myself, like, what if nobody listens to it? Like similar to what you said about the hot sauce, like about uncle pizza sauce, you know, what if nobody buys uh, this sauce, you know, but, but at the end of the day, uh, like, okay, well I made some sauce. I tried to sell it. The flip side of that is that I, you know, that you, like for you, you ended up selling the sauce and it's, it's successful. People are buying it. People are loving it. Um, And that's, I mean, that's the thing for me about this uh, podcast is that, you know, even if it gets one or two people, if we only get one or two listeners, you know, that, and it helps like one person or, you know, two people, then that's fine with me if the, you know, if the message is getting, getting across or even me and you having this conversation right now, if we both learn something from each other on this conversation, then that's okay with me. I think we have to be, you know, comfortable um, and we have to be okay with failing too, because I think, If we're not comfortable and not okay with failing, that can hold us back from from some big opportunities um, that are waiting for us, and that, and that's why it's so important for me to you I mean take the leap and you know take the
1: opportunity and do things that I may not be comfortable you know doing. So, well, you know what's interesting, man, I I saw something like I want to say four months ago, maybe five, and it completely shifted how I think. Um. And I still have anxiety when it comes to it, but it does—it definitely reshaped my framework. You know, if, using this as an example, if you—you know—you're putting this podcast out and 36 people listen to it, total. Some people would typically be bummed out, like completely, like ah, oh, nobody listened to it or whatever. Let's not even say 36. Let's say 12. 12 people listen to it. You're like ah, oh, no one listened to it. I'm, you know, you have an imposter syndrome. You're having a sense of doubt, like why am I even doing this? reshaping it to bro if 12 people walked in your house right now you would be thrilled
0: wow <laughs> yeah
1: if That's, 12 yeah, of your you're closest right. friends walked in your house right now unexpectedly and were like yo martell let's hang out you will be like jumping with joy being around right. the people that you care about it's all about perspective,
0: man. It's all about perspective. Yeah.
1: Exactly, bro. So if 10 people like something or five people like it, man, if five people walk to my house right now, I will be thrilled. Right. It just depends I, on how your framework, like what's the size of the room. Right. Right. Like, right. Are you thinking like, Oh, globally, there's only five people in the world. No, man. If you had a small room and five people walked in, you'd be thrilled.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes we, sometimes we get, confused or misguided on like what success is. Cause I think success looks different for everybody. Um, I, I, I don't think, and sometimes I think we compare and I, I've learned that comparison is a thief of joy. Like in my mm. eyes, like it's, uh, you know, if I'm looking at somebody else, I'm like, man, they got 20,000 listens or a million listens. Um, you know, like I love earn your leisure podcast. I'm not, I'm not earn your leisure. You know, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not on a level like as far as the, you know, listeners and things like that. I'm not trying to compare or be them or be, or be any other podcast that I, that I see popular out there. Just like probably with you, you probably not trying to compete with, um, you know, you probably hope to compete. You probably aspire to be at the level of some of these major sauces that are out there, but I don't, I, I try not to get caught up. And even with like my corporate life or, you know I think Instagram and social media platforms do that a lot too like you you scroll through you see people with different things and you know, and sometimes I think I know I can from a personal standpoint can get caught up in that and comparing and like man why like I wanna be there and it's not even like a hating thing it's like a aspirational kind of thing and you kind and sometimes I can get caught up in that, and I just try to stay more so on my own like in my own on my in my own lane and focus on what I have going on and focus on trying to be the best at what I'm doing just like you know like you've been the best at being you know in your role at LinkedIn and you know working on these properties and and getting the uncle Pizza sauce out there which I've seen you've been going hard on especially with um like I've been seeing your your promos and your image and your pictures and uh, the one that I'm thinking of now is on. I think I saw it on LinkedIn or maybe on Facebook or Instagram with you holding the holding up the bottles of sauces with Uncle yep. pieces. You just going hard and promoting them. And um, one thing I want to ask you about and get into because, like, I know we'll be wrapping up here in the next five ten minutes or so, but I want to talk to you about personal brand um, and how important that is to you.
1: Um. I hate the word personal brand, bro. Oh, what would what, what you use yeah. instead? Well, I don't know. It feels so commercial, right? Like, <laughs> And I think there is that it goes, ties back to that authenticity piece, right? Oh, like okay. Even okay. with genuity. Um, one exercise I will say I would strongly encourage everyone to do, go to YouTube, type in Carla Harris and uh, Talent Connect. She had a speech in 2019 that she did at LinkedIn's Talent Connect where she talked about um, most of your career decisions are being made when you're not in the room. Whether it's mm. being hired, being fired, being promoted, whatever. Laid off. You're not in the room when those things are happening. So I think about so personal true. brand, man. One of the things that ties into that is she said, what are the three words you want to be known for? Wow. Okay. Right. So Do you want to be seen as somebody who's strategic? Do you want to be seen as somebody who's a problem solver? Do you want to be seen as somebody who's a family man? Do you want to be seen as somebody who is compassionate? Um, Think of your three words. And whatever those three words are, every action you take should literally be like having those three things, three adjectives as your vision. When people think of Chris, they think of someone who is strategic. They think of someone who is, a uh, creative thinker, someone who is this, right? Like, so I think it's really important for me that when you say personal brand is key, but I think it's like very much so this sense of like self-reflection, like what are the things I want to be known for? Mm. You know, what, am I, what is my value proposition? What do people expect to get from me as a result of interacting with me? Um, what are what are the three things that you
0: want to be known for?
1: I mean, I think honestly, well, that shifted a little bit. I, I actually just did a, a session the other day for some students. And I was trying to think through what are my three new words, because I feel like it it changes. I know oh, the last three I had were strategic, um, problem solver, actually, strategic, problem solver. And I feel like uh, it might have been leader or something along those lines. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a shift in that for me. Mm. I I just don't know what yet. Right. Like I want to be seen as somebody who is uh, compassionate. I want to be seen as somebody who give, I mean, it's not an adjective, but gives purpose to other people's or gives wings to other people's purpose. Wow. Um, I think that ties into the compassion piece. I want to be seen as somebody who gets shit done. Like you tell me Chris, you know, Chris is going to do this. Chris is going to take care of it. Um, so I don't know, man. I gotta I gotta spend some time thinking about that in myself. But it's a good exercise, man, for you to really spend some time yeah, thinking I, You got me thinking about
0: it now. And that's something that that's an exercise I'm definitely going to do myself. Cause I honestly I haven't really thought about it um that much um about like what I want to be known for and what and I think it'd be good to, for me to come up with three words or like what kind of person um either that I am now and what I want to be. And I think it was interesting that you said that. It's not something that has to be um, static. Like it, it can change. Like it, it can it can change as you grow and as you evolve. Um, you know the kind of person that you're striving to be and that you want to be. And it's probably even good that it's changing. Like right, that you're not you know being stagnant. That you're you know yeah. And pro
1: tip, pro tip. I would also add on top of that, whatever your three words are, bro, add them to your LinkedIn profile and your headline. Mm, okay. So if you look at mine right now, I think it says, um, "What does mine say right now?" I think it says, "Problem solver, diversity and inclusion leader, and creative thinker." And I think I threw Uncle Pizzas in there. Strategic partner, diversity and inclusion leader, and people connector.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, people connector. That's right. Wow. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a man. I, that's you gave me a homework assignment. I'm gonna have to. Uh... You know, stay up late tonight and come up with some three words to throw on my LinkedIn, bro.
1: <laughs> do it, man. I think it's a it's a constant reminder, man. It's a constant reminder of what you aim to do. And when people come to your profile, they're gonna see like, oh, Martell is a family man. He's a this. He's a that. He's whatever, right? Like,
0: yeah. what are your
1: three words? And I think that helps define what your 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 brand is. Your your persona is. Wow,
0: that's that's amazing, man. That's. And uh, I'm glad you brought up like that LinkedIn pro tip. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, especially working at LinkedIn for at least is there you gave us one tip. Is there two more tips that you can give to somebody um, for their LinkedIn profile? Like what what are two things that you can think of that that would be good for somebody to enhance uh, their visibility on LinkedIn or
1: just their profile in general? Uh, It depends on the goal. And I know that's a weird answer, but let's say, for instance, if you're interested in finding a job or landing your job on LinkedIn, I think it will be really good to ensure that you have your career settings updated. So people don't know that in LinkedIn, um, you can update your career settings to say, hey, you're opening new opportunities. You want to let recruiters know that you're willing to hear from them that you can indicate that you're interested in remote work or you're interested in full-time or contract work. Um, And you can even list the locations like the geographical segments that you're interested in working in. Uh, Recruiters, the people that my team trains, they use different features and functionalities within our software called LinkedIn Recruiter to identify warm leads. And the warm leads are the people who indicate that, hey, I'm open to hearing from a recruiter. Wow. So okay. spend some time actually, like, updating your career settings. Uh, another pro tip I would definitely encourage is – it was just on the tip of my tongue. Um, I think engagement is key. I think people often look at LinkedIn as totally a place to, to just get a job. And what you don't realize is LinkedIn is, you know, one of the most – the fastest growing socials places to be on, right? There's over 750 million people on LinkedIn. There's two wow. people who join LinkedIn every second. Um, So I think actually engaging with content, liking, commenting, sharing is a way to build your brand on LinkedIn and get like become more visible, which is key. Um, Yeah, man, those are a few things that's like top of mind. I think it's just really important for people to just get more actively involved on LinkedIn like legit. Wow. Those,
0: was, those were was great, man. I, I appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners uh, will appreciate those tips too. Uh, one question I had one the we're about to wrap up here in a few minutes, but the last question I have for you um, was, and that I, I've been asking this to all of the guests that I've had here. What motivates you? Like what, what gets you out of bed in
1: the morning? Um, You know, I, I mentioned it earlier, man. I'm a vi- Dame Dad said this on the breakfast club, and I swear it never left my mind. <laughs> I, I hustled for my last name and not my first wow okay right like it's not necessarily about me like I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor as well but I also want to know that I'm creating this sense of like generational wealth so I want to create this this conglomerate that my kids don't have to worry about my my grandkids don't have to worry about and you know i look at that even within my family structure that i didn't get that right i there's no sense of generational wealth like as early as my grandmother you know they were dealing with the great depression there's a sense of like lack that exists within our grandparents that they don't have to give um And for me, I just want to create, like, change that narrative. And it's specifically within my family. There are some definitely some families who, you know, who have their stuff together, obviously, but mine didn't, man. So I want to create this sense of giving back, creating generational wealth, like having a very selfless sense of family and community and just building and growing, man. So for me... That's my goal. I want to. I want to give purpose to other people's wings. I want to create jobs. I want to just do these amazing things that not only benefit me, but ultimately benefit others.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible, man. That's definitely um, goals myself. I think about that all the time about building generational wealth and building this legacy um, and creating value for others and creating great lives for others. Especially now that I have a son, um, three year old son. So. Yeah, man, that's, that's an incredible answer, man. Uh, I really, truly appreciate that. And um, thank you as well for joining us today and like taking the time out to talk with me today. Um, is there anything that you want to shout out or is there any like websites or any or LinkedIn or any social media pages that you want people to follow before we wrap up?
1: Oh, yeah, sure, man. Uh, people can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn christopher arsenal um you can definitely follow uncle pizzas at uncle pizzas p-i-z-z-a-s you can also visit the site www.unclepizzas.co um you follow my personal page at c underscore e underscore e-a-u-x which stands for ceo for those who don't know
0: um oh wow you just just blew my mind with that i had no idea well, you know about
1: my last name is Arsenal. Right, know, yeah, Creole I, language. Never, I
0: never caught on to that.
1: Yeah, Creole language, E-A-U-X is O. Oh, so uh,
0: okay.
1: You feel me? Okay,
0: yeah, I see you.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> so, nah, man, that's it. Uh, and lastly, go to that YouTube video and check out that Carla Harris video um, from Talent Connect 2019. That yeah, is definitely, a game changer. Yeah, I'm
0: definitely going to link that in the in the show notes, I'll, I'll make sure to put that in the, like when I put the link on the uh, Apple and whatever else people get their podcasts and on Instagram and things like that. But I, I definitely appreciate you, bro, for, um, for joining me today. Um, yeah, man. And then thanks. Thanks for everything. Um, and thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, catch y'all next time. Okay.
1: Love, oh, man, thanks bro. Appreciate you. All right. Bro. Thanks.